Welcome to the Natural Habitat Variety Hour. Woo! That's right. We're going to be here all night with you guys. Well, for an hour. And we're going to be bringing you a lot of different things. They gave us our own variety show. What was that? I said a variety of things. A variety of things. That's right. That is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. We're going to be bringing you a whole variety of things. And these things are brought to you by our sponsors. Our sponsors. You're asking who our sponsors are? Who are they? Wait. Do you want to hear about our sponsors? Okay. Well, I know. You probably don't. But everybody knows where the fast forward button is. Today, we are brought to you by Elementium Lighters. Elementium lighters are eco-friendly, rechargeable. Fancy. You hook them up with a USB cord to your computer. It charges. They're windproof. Uh, it has an X-plasma design, so there's no they're, flame at all. It's like a taser. They're like the lighter of the future. Yeah, and you and you light your cigarette or marijuana cigarette now that it's almost legal with uh, lightning. Booyakasha. Yeah. So, go to Elementium Lighter right now. Check out the amazing things that they have. They also have a lighter watch. Super fresh. It's a real watch. And uh, and it slides down, and it has a coil underneath it, which is super fresh. Tells times. It does. It tells, it tells multiple times. And lights. Sets a blaze. So go to Elementium Lighter today and use the code NHP to save yourself some money. Yeah, man. We're also brought to you by Tobacco Mart in Paso Robles, California. Move your body. If you are in the central coast of California, then you want to stop by Tobacco Mart in Paso Robles. This isn't just a Tobacco Mart where you buy tobacco. This is a fully functional head shop. They have all kinds of bongs, rigs, a huge selection of blunt wraps, different types of papers, as Blunts well and papers, man. as well as uh, as well as other things, and natural habitat T-shirts. So go there and support us. Boom. Let them know that we sent you there, and you will get thirty percent off anything in the store that that isn't uh, you know tobacco products because they can't do that. But you know, if you want to go buy a nice dab rig or a bong or a dabachino, save yourself thirty percent just for listening to the podcast. And they are and and you gotta know the secret handshake. Yeah, the secret handshake. It goes regular handshake, twist it up, hold like in the thumb crevice, and then you slide out, lock the knuckles, then you hit hit the hand together, bam the hand up, down, sideways, back side of the hand. You twist it. You link pinkies, you turn your hands around, pull them out, then you do like a joint thing with your fingers. You hit it, you both throw it on the ground, and then you each step on each other's joint and put it out. And that's how you do it. So go in there, do the secret handshake, get yourself 30% off. And uh, and yeah, that's about it. Today we got our variety show. I'm excited. I can't wait to get into it. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, well, I hope you're ready. We got, uh, we got Sam and the band here. Go ahead and take it away, guys. Let's play that theme song that everybody loves. The Natural Habitat Podcast. 
Gotta get a dab. Gotta get a dab ready. Getting that dab ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Natural Habitat Variety Hour. My name is Mikey Booyah. Damn it. Damn it. What do you mean, damn it? <laughs> what are you trying to do? I was trying to give us good names. You're trying to come up with good names? Yeah, I was. you you just said your name too fast. I was going to tell you your name. Oh, shit. Damn it, bro. You were going to write it on a piece of paper and hold it up to the camera, and it was going to be my my name for the show. What was it, it going to be? You were going to be Dean Lewis, and I was going to be Jerry Martin. <laughs> All right, uh, I like that. So we're gonna bring we're gonna bring it back. No, we can bring it back. That's the beauty of podcasts. I can edit all this out. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, go. Welcome to the Natural Habitat Variety Hour. My name is Dean Lewis. And my name is Jerry Martin. And we are here to get drunk. No, we're gonna get high. It was a classic. It was a classic thing to get drunk on variety shows, but we're gonna switch it up because it's a. it's 2016. This is the Natural Habitat Podcast, so we're going to get high instead. We're going to do it right now, immediately. Yeah, it's going to be an immediate start, immediate high. And um, let's see, I have uh, I have the perfect song to get high to. Let's fucking do this shit. And I could say honestly that I've never, ever smoked to this song before, so this will be a first for me. Nice. And maybe uh, maybe some of you guys out there. I'm going to take a dab, heat up this nail. Everybody out there, uh, heat up your own nails. Flick your bicks, snap your pics, hashtag them NHP Smoke Sesh. We have a few new entries on the website at naturalhabitatpodcast.com slash NHP Smoke Sesh. Oh, yeah. We got a few people that are smoking with us, so send us a pic of you smoking or whatever you're smoking on, and we'll put them up there with everybody else. Uh Uh-oh, it's the sour grapes bunch. and scoop three times <coughs> i'm gonna turn this back up because i've i got a cough i was coughing <sighs> i was coughing and dancing with my eyes closed and I open my eyes and I look up and Joey's doing the same dance. We're, all, we're both dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's that, one of those things. The dab dance. Not it's a the, great way to start the episode, right? 
Yeah, with uh, yeah. with the Hanna Barbera Banana Splits, and this is a show that I never witnessed. This was from uh, from the seventies. I'm gonna say. You never seen any of it? No. None of that looked familiar. No, I never saw any of it. That's what. What did I make it weird? No, I'm just wondering. Like <laughs> I've I've recognized it from somewhere. I've, I know that I've seen. Parts of like that Hanna Barbera comedy hour shoot in in other things like I don't know what it was from maybe it was like maybe I saw it in a movie yeah or like or like in a trippy video or like some but I recognized it right away that's why I picked it yeah I definitely recognize uh, what what sounds more nostalgic to me I don't know if you'll be able to pick it out it's like behind the cheering but. This first music right here is classic, like Hanna Barbera. Reminds me of my childhood. I agree. That's so dope. <coughs> it reminds me almost have, like um, almost like Pink Panther. Yeah, that era. Yeah. I wish we could have somebody do the music for our show. Right and uh, like have us constant like background music, dramatic when the conversation's dramatic, like lighthearted and happy when it's lighthearted. Yeah, do you know, like, like a live score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be in, in in that style of music. Oh, hey, yeah, but that reminds me, I uh, you know we usually give a lot of praise to this guy, but right now I have a bone to pick with Joe Rogan. Okay, huh? um, this is a thing. That, that we do on the show. We've been doing it recently um, where we play music behind certain things. Like we did it, we did your, your plea for people to make theme songs again. Yeah. And uh, about how people should make TV show theme songs. Well, the other day they were talking about that on Joe Rogan about how they should bring back TV show theme songs and how uh, like it was like such a great thing. And they uh someone was saying something and joe was like you know what man like you should really play like jamie you should play like some sad music behind this and then like started laughing and then like jamie pulled it up and he was like what are you really gonna do it all right yeah play it and then it became a thing like for the whole episode and then the next episode he did it and then he like did it like a few episodes later and it's like stop trying to steal our thing you know what i mean you got your listeners you're like the king of podcasting. You're number one on comedy. <laughs> so why do you got to steal our thing? You know what I mean? You just can't let other people get ahead because I don't look like you. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's so funny, huh? You saw that post? Yeah, about how everyone that hangs out with them ends up looking like him. It's so true. Look at him. It is. Brian Cohen looks just like Joe Rogan now. Fucking Eddie Bravo looks just like Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. They're it's Joe so Rogan with different funny. hairstyles. He like He like has such a powerful like... Uh, alpha sense about him that he like sucks that maleness out of all of his friends and yeah. they just become like morphed images of him like he yeah. they're all just like leeches off of him they're, they're like, like man the only way that i'm gonna hold my own is if i fucking be like this must become <clears throat> must Rogan. become joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah so Hell you know yeah. That's a beef that I got with him. He's been stealing yeah, our thing. He never well, did that. He's honestly, how many episodes bro, we're, in? We're not even in the fucking same stratosphere. He's never heard us, so he doesn't know that we do that. Yeah, we're, if he if he did, he probably wouldn't bite it. You know uh, what I mean? We're way better yeah. than him, anyway. <laughs> I think. 
I think that we're way better than his show. That once we get we're, through, we're number one in hearts and minds. That's what I was gonna say. We're number one <laughs> in our hearts. Yeah, and that's what that's all that matters. You know what I mean? The heart yeah. charts. Yeah, you know. The heart charts matter. My heart beats like a lot of times a day. <laughs> what is it? A hundred thousand times a day? Isn't it like uh, thirty-five million times a year? You're That's like, good. my heart beats a lot of times a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I'm gonna stick with that one. Science. How many times? How many times a day does your heart beat? Oh wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna test this out. I'm gonna see uh, if I could just ask Google. How many times a day does your heart beat? Holy shit, it fucking worked. According to Wonderopolis, if you use an average of 80 beats per minute, your heart beats about like a lot of times per hour. 4,800 times per hour. So what's that times 24? I don't know. Come on, man. You can't do that math? No. Do I look like a fucking mathologist? <laughs> Here, let's see. I'm going to do it in my head, okay? 4,800 right. times. So that's four. That's 1,000 <laughs> times four. <laughs> and then uh, you times that plus the 800 times 24. That is 115,000 beats a day plus 200. 115,200 beats a day. We shouldn't be doing math on the podcast anyway. <laughs> this is horrible. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> we just did math for like three minutes. This is a great hold on, show. Hold on, hold on. It's turning out good. Hold on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. What did I say originally? 100,000? Uh, yeah, you said 100,000. So you were the closest. That was pretty damn close. And what did I say? I said I stuck with a lot, lots of times per day. Yeah. Which I still stand by. Your heart beats a lot every a lot day. That's a lot of dim. That's a lot of dim. So, uh, so yeah, that's just one of the many things that we're going to be bringing you in this variety show. And that was our first segment called Math. <laughs> no, our first segment, <laughs> our first segment was getting high, and our second segment was called Math. Uh, and I. I think that's uh that's one of the best things from these variety shows is that like the spontaneity of it. A lot of it was live. A lot of it was uh you know, people were drunk, people were on a lot of drugs. It was like, you know, the sixties, seventies, eighties, people were on cocaine, all the stars were like fucking crazy. So you know, a lot of crazy shit happened. And a lot of math, probably. So it's uh, it's just going along, going along with the vibe. I know that on the Dean Martin show, he didn't know who was going to come out through the doors on the show, who his guest was, until they came out. So he found out at the same time that the audience found out. So he didn't have anything planned out, no questions, no backstory about where they grew up or anything like that. It just had to be off the off the cuff come on man i'm trying to reel it back into variety shows you got to help me <laughs> well i thought you're gonna play it am i should should we just should we just let dean martin introduce himself well i thought that's what you were leading into no i wasn't i was just kind of talking about it 
but we can do that. We can play it. Here is uh, here is the very first episode of the Dean Martin Show. So everybody, put yourself in this situation. You're at home. You just recently got a TV. This is <laughs> this is 1965. So TVs were just you know uh, being you know purchased by middle class families and put in households and shit. So you got this TV. You're chilling. You turn it on. You see Dean Martin, and you're like, hey. I like Dean Martin. I'm down with the Rat Pack just because of the era. And this is what you get. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Ooh. Everybody loves somebody sometimes. Everybody falls in love somehow. Thank you. You know, there's... There's no point in singing the whole song. You might not buy the record. Uh, if your picture looks a little out of focus, that's the way you look to me, too. Look at that. Now, uh, you know I'm getting tired already? No, don't laugh. I got a whole season to do an NV to do this NBC show, and they ain't taking any chances. Good old seatbelt on the stool. Yep, I'm Dean Martin, and for the next hour, we'll be flying at an altitude of 32,000 feet. Now, since we're all going to be together for the next hour, you get your refreshments during the commercials, because there'll be no servers while I'm on. Take this off because we ain't gonna fly anymore. Uh, I should have learned how to take it off. <laughs> See, I don't usually fly. <laughs> now, I want you to know that this is going to be a family show. The kind of a show where a man can take his wife and kids, his father and mother, and sit around a bar and watch. <laughs> Now, don't go away. You wait here. I got to kill a minute while some fella comes out here to tell you all about tonight's show. But I asked him to hurry. I'll, I'll be right back, okay? Mr. Martin. Yeah? I'm your dresser. Yeah? And if there's anything, anything at all that I can do for you, all you have to do is ask me. Uh, for, forget about that minute, folks. Uh, it'll be no problem. <laughs> Go right ahead. Uh, take all the time you need, Charlie. The Dean Martin Show. No matter what happened in your skits, you could just have somebody play that cool music and somebody just walk you off the stage. Yep. Like, if you were getting too out of control, they could always save the show with some good music and, like, a fucking... some type of lasso. Right? Right? Fucking, uh... That's crazy, man. It must have been... It must be so much fun <coughs> to, like... to be... especially, like, in that time in entertainment. It'd be good now, too, because of, like, the comedy boom and how like entertainment and comedy and all these things are like you know on the rise again it'd be cool to be some sort of like personality some sort of famous person they give you a variety show and they go here's an hour of tv 
do whatever the fuck you want. And you just get to call up all your friends, everybody that you've ever wanted to work with, all these people, and just be like, hey, just come on my show and fucking do whatever it is you do. And yeah, do do what you're famous for doing. Yeah, and, and there's no love it. And there's no like there's no real formula. And uh it's like some of them did. Some yeah. of them were pretty pretty planned out. Some of them were like random talent shows. Some of them were early sketch comedy. Some of them, you know, some of them were pretty genre specific too. It just depended on like what what network it was on and like what time slot, I guess. And like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that, those were all like the defining things like towards whatever rules or whatever shit applied, you know? Yeah. One of, uh, <clears throat> one of, um, one of, one of the things that I've been like studying a lot lately is for some reason I've been getting into like Norm Macdonald and why he was fired from Saturday Night Live. And at one point he asked uh, Lauren Michaels, he was like, I thought that this was a comedy show. Like I should be doing comedy. And Lauren Michaels was like, it's not a comedy show. This is a variety show. And, you know, we have different people on doing different things. And it kind of makes sense that it is a variety show and it's all live and, you know, all these different things. And they have a different guest every time. And, uh, you know, that was probably one of the most prevalent ones in my life because there was a long chunk of my childhood where I was like, you know, I was supposed to be in bed, but I would be able to stay up on like Saturday and watch Saturday Night Live. And that was back when, like, you know, like, Phil Hartman was on it. Yeah. And, like, Chris Farley and all these, like, classic people. So, uh, apparently, Norm MacDonald spoke out against Lauren Michaels, which you don't do until you have cut ties with Saturday Night Live. But he spoke out while he was on Saturday Night Live, and they fired him for not carrying his own weight. But he was the host of Weekend Update for a long time. And I guess the story was that everybody else would be practicing for, like, scenes and rehearsing and, you know, doing wardrobe and all these different things. And Norm MacDonald didn't have to do that because he wasn't in skits. He would just do Weekend Update. So he would watch and study news stories all week and write jokes about him, like, he could do that at home you know what i mean so yeah. they called it not pulling his own weight but he was the only one that had to write his own material everybody else just got a script right yeah so it's a touchy thing i got love for norm mcdonald yeah me too i think he's yeah. dope saturday night live was good for a while yeah it was good back then and uh same with mad tv it, mad tv it goes was, in uh, like periods you know i think for all of them really yeah Sometimes they'll be good for like long periods and then And they were good again recently in my in my adult life, like in my twenties, like mid twenties, early twenties, I wanna say. I was watching it for a couple years and they had like a good cast and a bunch of funny people. Jason yeah. Sudeikis, uh Keenan from Keenan and Kel was on there. Yeah. All grown up. Yeah. And that was the one from our childhood was all of that. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that was the first real kids one 
It was like an actual successful like skit show, comedy skit show. Yeah. What else do we got on here? What else we got on this? Let's see. Uh, the first one that kicked it off was the Ed Sullivan show. <clears throat> and, oh yeah. Um, the Ed Sullivan show was like in the forties, the late forties, nineteen forty-eight when it started, and it ran until seventy-one. Um, Elvis made three appearances on the show that were like his classic fucking appearances where he's like shaking his hips and doing all of his dances and everybody fell in love with Elvis. That was like when they saw him on TV. And the same thing with uh, the Beatles, their famous first appearance in America was on the Ed Sullivan show, episode number 17. Nice. So in nineteen yeah, so he he really uh, broke a lot of shit. Yeah, he brought a lot of people out, started a lot of things, and he kind of set the bar for the late night slash variety show genre. You know, everybody can go back to Ed Sullivan, and you know, Johnny Carson also was uh that was kind of it was borderline late night variety. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess it was technically a variety show. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit of everything. <clears throat> so, um, and then Dean Martin started in '65, and as well as uh, not knowing who his guest was, he also wanted to be on TV, but also wanted to be free to do movies and music and shit like that. So his contract required that he would only show up one day a week to do his variety show. So he was always like kind of out of step with everybody else who would rehearse all week. And he would just come in and they would have someone as a stand-in all week. And then he would come in on Sunday and be like, hey, here I am, Dean Martin, the guy everybody wants to see. And just kind of fucking <laughs> be all drunk and half-ass it. Yeah, well, you know, that's how he had to do it, though. He comes from a different time when, like, everybody was in, uh, is was like, it had to be a triple threat. Yeah. You know, like, there was very few people that were just one thing. And that at that time, like, in the 60s was at the time where people were, like, finally breaking away and starting to become only, like, solitary artists. You know what I'm saying? Like only like in one form or like, you know, would go one route or the other opposed to having to be like all three. Back in the day, in the early days, you had to you had to sing and dance and fucking be able to like do comedy or whatever. You had to be able to do it all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't you couldn't just be a singer. You couldn't just be a fucking dancer. You would only you would only be in the background if mm -hmm. you were. You know and that's kind of. Like, and that's kind of what he wanted to do. He kind of just wanted to be a singer, do some movies, and have this show, but not like... He wanted to wear multiple hats, but not actually <laughs> put in the work on the show. <laughs> well, I mean, he did. Yeah, he did. He, he showed up and did his shit. And uh, one of the dopest stories that I found is from 1969. In the summer of 69, when John Wayne was trying to keep his weight off for uh for true grit he was uh filming true grit and he was supposed to be like skinny in the movie 
So he was taking drugs. He was taking uppers during the day and downers during the night to sleep. And every once in a while, he got the pills mixed up. So he went to the Dean Martin show uh, in 1969, and instead of taking an upper before leaving his house, he took a downer. And when he got there, he was all fucked up. And he said that he couldn't do the skit. And he says that he was, quote, too doped up. Goddamn, I look half smashed. And <laughs> Mar Martin said that he didn't have a problem with it. And he said that people think I do the show that way all the time. So let's do this. And the taping went on as scheduled. So Hell yeah. I'm going to try to find it. You want to see if we can find it? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, say, I'd like to say nope. Yeah. Nope. So it looks like there's fucking probably about at least 12 different appearances on the show. Sometimes he's dressed like John Wayne in his classic red shirt and hat and leather vest. And sometimes he's dressed in like a suit and some sort of costume. So he was like a big part of the Dean Martin show. That's crazy. Apparently, he starred on it all the time. Coming in and all like, I'll do some comedy, partner. <laughs> Was that good? No. Is that a great one? No. Um, and then uh, in the 70s, mid-70s, right when shit was starting to get weird for the 80s, uh, the Brady Bunch was given their own variety hour. <laughs> and they... Uh, they actually changed out a bunch of the cast, or at least a few of the cast members. Jan Brady was one of them. And uh, over 1,500 girls auditioned. And the two finalists were Paris Hilton's mom, Kathy Hilton, and Jerry Reichel, who got the part. And they were like, get the fuck out of here, Nancy Hilton. That's a lot of people. Or whatever, yeah. 1,500 people. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to like have to sit there and do the auditions. Yeah, like like the people holding the auditions. Yeah, I, mean, I would. Like, they all look sit this. There and look at fifteen different people. Like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'd be like, I can't tell. I can't tell who fucking acts better. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all shit. Just get the one that seems like she's gonna blow us all. That's no. what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Damn. Uh, what? You don't know that I've just been sexually harassing everybody around the office here? For sure. You, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Brady Bunch, that was, uh, that, that was a big one that I didn't watch. And I remember when, uh, when like, the Brady Bunch movie came out. And that was like the hugest thing when they were making fun of themselves. So I don't know if this is during the time when they knew that they were like a joke and making fun of themselves or during the time when they were serious. I'd be interested. It'd be interesting to watch an episode of the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. But then again, Wait. maybe I'd regret it right away. Nah, yeah, it was more of like a partridge family thing you know like trying to be like a family show yeah wouldn't be like uh, stand-up comedy or like anything like that i don't think yeah uh 
Another one was the Mickey Mouse Club. That was yeah. huge back in like the 50s. And then picked back up in the 80s. And that's where uh, everybody, you know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, <laughs> all these people. Came. What else? What's his name? Uh, the other girl? Yeah. Brian Gosling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Jessica Simpson and Matt Damon were rejected from the Mickey Mouse Club. They were like, nah, get out of here. You're too homey looking. Homely. Homey? Homely. I was thinking of homely and I said homey. Cool. You look like a homey. Well, Matt Damon went to Mars and the rest of them went to rehab. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, That's funny shit. That absolutely did happen. (laughs) Man. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) Yeah, everybody else is doing horrible except for uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Justin Timberlake's the only one that made it out of that group. And Ryan Gosling, I guess, is super famous. But he's an asshole. Nobody likes him. I don't know about that. I don't know. I heard that he's hard to work with. I don't know about that. And I also heard that he eats cereal for dinner, allegedly. Allegedly. I I heard cereal is soup. Really? Did you hear that? Yep. Damn. You eat soup for breakfast. Well... You heard it first on the Natural Habitat podcast. Cereal is soup. Um, yeah, up new every day. I remember. Uh, I remember watching Mad TV a lot when I was a kid, and that in In Living Color, that was a dope one too. But yeah, those were both dope. They were more on the on the sketch comedy side. There wasn't a lot of, you know, a lot of acts and different things. It was all just like sketch comedy. Yeah, until we got into, like, now, you know what I mean? Now we have, like, a thousand fucking variety shows. Yeah, and... America's Got Talents and fucking X-Factors and, like, you know, a lot of them are multifaceted, too, you know, with, like, multiple things, multiple genre of things where they, like, accept, like, any type of talent, you know? Like, America's Got Talent is, like, one that does any type of thing, you know? So you could go in there and fucking make pictures out of sand and shit or something. I don't know. You could do anything. (laughs) You could fucking do anything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's basically, like, the the ultimate version of it is what it morphed into over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, you know, the the variety show turned into a late night show and that rode on forever. And, you know, yeah. late night shows are still going and yeah. constantly changing hosts and people are retiring and doing all this shit. So uh, I think that like the rebirth of the variety show has a lot to do with um, the Chappelle show, like for a younger audience for you know because saturday night live was like i watched it when i was a kid but i watched it with my parents like it was for an older audience you know what i mean and i think that Chappelle's show really like targeted that main you know it's like 18 to 35 uh like males that smoke weed that's like the demographic that they're going for like family guys demographic you know what i mean 
and yeah. and yeah. I I think that uh that was like the start of it, and that was the classic variety show where it was different shit all the time. They always had a live band at the end or some sort of live rapper performance or something. Yeah, and uh, he said that he stole that from. Uh, there used to be a special on uh, Playboy, like the Playboy channel or something, that he would watch these specials about the parties at the Playboy mansion. And Hugh Hefner would always interview musicians or the host of the party would interview musicians and then they would perform for Hugh Hefner. And that was like one of the things on the special was that there would always be a performance by the musician. So he stole that, did it on his show. And him and Neil Brennan read a book called Live from New York, The Complete Uncensored History of Saturday Night Live as told by its stars, writers, and guests. And that's where they learned how to make a variety show. Nice. So they just got the blueprint for Saturday Night Live, read it, and then applied it to their own thing, and it blew up. Yeah, I think they're really smart, and it, it does translate to like an audience that nobody else can really speak to. Yeah, you and know, that it's like it was a voice for a young audience for sure, and a young audience really is the only one who understood it. And it was before all this fucking PC culture. <laughs> Yeah, and it opened you know, that door. That, nowadays, there's nothing like it. It opened that door, and, like, uh, one of the most important things that Chappelle's show did was brought to light all of these issues of censorship. And, yeah. you know, like, like there's, there's all these censorship laws, and you could get away with so much in comedy and art and all of this simply because of Dave Chappelle, and he wouldn't bend. It's like... It doesn't matter what word it was that they didn't want him to say. They didn't want him to say something. And he was like, no, that's not how I'm in this to express myself. I'm not in this to make yeah. money from Tide. I don't want to make an extra $100,000 because, you know, I clean up my shit. So fuck you. And because he did that, he gave strength and a voice to every other artist out there that is getting censored by somebody. You know what I mean? And made yeah. people think like i could do whatever the fuck i want so yeah it was a good show yeah it's dope i think that i think that Chappelle's show really had a lot to do with you know the way that art is now yeah and it had like a lot of people behind the scenes on that yeah you know like a lot of people would come in and write for the Chappelle show and a lot of people would come in and do different things for it and um the behind the scenes stuff was really more than I anticipated as well. You know, like it, there was a lot of people that had to do with it and, and it was the show of the time, you know, and there's really not, um, one like it. And it would probably be good to get something like that back because, you know, like all these other shows have their own, um, audience that they like pander to, you know, like fucking the voice and like all these, all these shows, have like certain audiences that they go for but there's no real there's a void for that where the Chappelle show used to be you know and, and things of that nature you know there needs to be like um, 
a new type of like new variety show that really gets it you know that's yeah. like for the young people i think like that um could be a mix between like um new dancing and um rapping and like edm style stuff and like you know what i mean like the whole culture like um uh, tagging and like and you know what i mean like everything that goes like all the young shit and how it's like all elevating and becoming street art and like all the things that are like changing could all definitely be like mashed together into like a new type of variety show that should yeah. be legit that would be super dope and nobody's on that right now we should start it we should start that variety show habitat variety hour yeah we already we're, we're already in it we already started it but oh. <laughs> but we could uh we we could do it get a bunch of people that are all in those different you know those different genres and walks of life and get them all together record it do it on youtube and fucking release that shit and then get picked up by somebody you know what i mean some sort of network hey fusion we're out here we see you we out here fusion network that nobody gets <laughs> nobody gets fusion yeah. Check your TV right now. I guarantee you don't have the Fusion Network. And then now Google it. It's a thing. It's a thing? It is. You know what else is a thing? What else is a thing? Naturalhabitatpodcast.com. That's right. Are we going full circle? We back at ads again? Yep. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by the Natural Habitat. Don't be plugging Fusion <laughs> without Natural Habitat Podcast. <laughs> Naturalhabitatpodcast.com. So, uh... There is a new variety show that's going to be dropping. Actually, it's supposed to be coming out in late May. And that is uh, now. It's as late as May as it's going to get. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this on May 31st. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's out yet. But um, maybe they just greenlit it and it's going to be next May. I don't know. But... uh Apparently, NBC gave a green light to a variety show that's going to be co-hosted by Maya Rudolph and Martin Short. Produced by Lauren Michaels from the SNL fame. And... You got, uh, you got cable? Do I have cable? Yeah. Uh, kind of. Look, look it up on your DVR and see if it's on there. Uh, all right. Maybe I will. Yeah, I'm going to go do that right now. Those are my footsteps. Does that sound like a footstep? Yeah. Hey, I'm back. I didn't see it. So, I don't know, man. Maybe uh, maybe it's coming out next year. Maybe it got red lit. Green light, red light. Red light, green light. You know what I mean? Yeah, going back and forth. And they're like, they just run and then they stop. And then run and stop and just start trying to get there and maybe they'll never make it. Maybe they'll yep. give up. I don't know. That's it. I don't even know what it's called. Maybe it's called the Maya and, and Martin, Martin Variety Martin Show. Martin Short Variety. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Short Variety. All right. Hell yeah. I say, uh, I, say we, I say we take it out with a prayer. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hold on, man. Slow your roll. We got to pray one. Smoking over Smoking over here. All right. Um, here it is. I got it. 
classic prayer music. Thank you for tuning in to the Natural Habitat Variety Show. We had a good time. Tell all your friends about it. We're going to let Rodney Dangerfield walk us out. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh. Don't do maths while podcasting. <laughs> God, that's for real. Amen. Amen, Abyss. All right. We do have our final guest, Rodney Dangerfield. Um, this, is, uh, this is his appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1970. So let's see. Let me back this up. Get this going. Bada boom. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I'm ready. Right. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, when it comes to girls, I don't think like other guys. I mean, a lot of guys, they want to go out with a girl who's fast, a girl who's been around, not me. I want to go out with a good girl, a girl who's never played around. I figure she's due. <laughs> I'll tell you, girls, you know, they always gave me a hard time. There was one girl I took out. As soon as I met her, I liked her, you know? I said to her, I says, uh, you believe in love at first sight? And she looked at me. She said, not from this first sight. <laughs> That's the trouble. People worry too much about looks. But looks not that important. It's underneath what counts. Soul, depth. That's what's important, not looks. I mean, how many times you take a walk in the street, you see a tall, handsome man walking arm in arm with a short, fat, ugly girl. I never saw that. Did you ever see that? <laughs> fucking young Rodney Dangerfield. He's funny. Killing it. Um, yep. I wanted to give a shout out real quick to Neil Brennan who is the co-creator of Chappelle's show. He's the guy that uh, made it all with Dave Chappelle. He's a writer and he wrote for Chappelle's show, Keenan and Kel, all that, Attack of the Show, Inside Amy Schumer, uh, Half Baked, The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard, Get Him to the Greek, and he writes for The Daily Show. So he also has like a stand-up special and a bunch of other shit that he's written for. So he's like uh, one of my favorite writers for sure. Makes a lot of shit that I grew up with and that I'm still into now. So, shout out to Neil Brennan. And I want to give a shout out to Dale and Brennan, because Brennan doesn't have a mangina. <laughs> it's a great addition. Thanks for adding that. Booyakasha. Is that your sign off? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Natural Habitat Recordings.